John 20, verse 24 to 31, reads, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the marks of the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my finger onto the side, on, onto his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, the disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, that is our prayer, is that as we look at these things, we may believe in the one that you have sent, Jesus Christ, and in believing in him, we may be awakened to eternal life, that you may yearn for you, may yearn for his return, that if there be any Lord who do not know you, by looking at what happened here with Thomas and Jesus, that the cloud of doubt will be removed and that they will put their faith in you. And that those who know you and delight in your name may be reassured again of your resurrection. That they may shout with Thomas, the ex-doubter, my Lord and my God. That is our prayer, Lord, this morning. Speak to your people and cause them to trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I wonder if you ever thought of the question, what would happen if Jesus just stayed dead, crucified, performed all of these miracles, was crucified, he died, was buried, and he just stayed there, did not rise from the dead. Would you still have him as, a, as an example of his teaching? Would that be enough? Would he be unique from other teachers of the world, uh, whoever they may be, that have come and have died? Would the Christian message be any different if its Savior simply 
died. I want to assert to you, I want to uh, say to you, that if Christ died and did not rise from the dead, then the whole Christianity thing is useless. There's no point in you believing in it. There's no point in you being here. There's no point in you being sacrificial with your money. There's no point in living a restrained life because the whole thing would fall apart. There'd be no point in confessing in the creed, in going further than than the fourth uh, uh, declaration that he was crucified, he died and was buried. He did not descend into hell. He did not rise on the third day. Uh, he's not coming back. He's not going to judge anyone. So therefore, let, me just, let us just follow his example and live the way that we want to live. But the, what we see in the creed, which, which we've been looking at now for, this is the fourth week, is that the miracles of Jesus are connected together, and, and there are three very important ones mentioned here. The first one was the, uh, was the conception of Jesus, the one who was conceived by the Virgin Mary. The one who was conceived by the, by, by the Spirit, but born of the Virgin Mary. Sorry. That is important because it shows that he is not just another man but he is indeed the Son of God. That's the first miracle that is held there. Now this is not just anyone. This is God in flesh who has come into the world to save. And then the second miracle, which is what we're going to be looking at today, uh, and the third actually, is his resurrection. That he not only came into the world, died. A lot of people died, by the way. A lot of people were crucified. But he actually rose from the dead. And by that, he is coming back again. Based on that. He is the one who defeated death, as we saw last week. Because he had no sin. He, in fact, defeated death and rose from the dead. The last one um, is important because everything else hinges on that. His coming back hinges on that. He's coming back to judge. His ascension, uh, his being present at, at the right hand of God hinges on him having risen from the dead. If Christ did not rise from the dead, then there are four implications for this in the Bible. We know, we know the first one uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that if Christ is not raised from the dead, then your faith is futile, you are still in your sin. Meaning that if Christ did not rise from the dead, then there is no way for sin to be defeated. Because he himself was defeated by the, uh, the, the co- by, by, by the punishment of sin, which is death. So if Christ, Paul says, 
is not raised from the dead, then our faith is futile. Because we we will still be in our own sin. We have no means to be forgiven. Secondly, there is no hope for, for our own rising either. So we can expect to stay dead if we die, even in faith in God. That this life is all that there is. Then we might as well do whatever we want because it is all that matters. Then thirdly, if Jesus Christ is not risen, then he, then he is not the reigning Messiah who will return. Then every single item in the creed after he, was, he suffered and was buried would be struck out, as I said earlier. He is not the one who will come back and, um, and reign and rule and indeed for us to see his supremacy over the living and the dead, those who trusted in him and those who did not trust in him, then he is just another dead person. Then lastly, if Christ cannot, is not raised from the dead, then he cannot be what he is said to have been in the gospel. Then Jesus is merely a hero. He is not savior. Then Jesus is merely a good teacher. He is not the promised king of God. He cannot be what the Old Testament said. The one, according to Psalm 16, that the grave could not keep. The one who did not see decay. He cannot be that. That is why, in the passage that you're going to be looking at this morning, uh, we have decided to look at uh, Psalm 20. Look at someone who is really struggling with the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And I'm going to, from there, see that the importance of Christ having risen from the dead. We're going to see that everything hinges on this, especially for someone who was a disciple of Christ, who was going to go out and proclaim the message of the risen Christ. The first thing we see in John chapter 20 is that there will be doubt about the resurrection. There will be doubt about the resurrection simply because it's not something that happens every day. It's only happened in Christ. There will be doubt about the resurrection, which is 24 to 25. Let's look at it together in John chapter 20. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hand the marks of the nails, and place my finger onto the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. The disciples come, Jesus has uh, risen, he has appeared to, the, uh, to some of them, to some of the twelve, 
But Thomas wasn't there. And they proclaimed to him this good news that our Lord has risen from the dead as he proclaimed to us a long time ago in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 8 that he's going to be killed and on the third day rise again. But as you see with Thomas here, yeah, he's not certain. You saw last week that he was among the disciples who were watching from a distance as Christ was crucified, who saw from a distance as he was being beaten, who saw from a distance as, as one of the rulers in Israel went and begged for his body so he could be buried, who saw him buried. And now the disciples are coming to him and are saying, he has risen from the dead. And Thomas, perhaps saying to himself, it's not noble to pretend that these guys are telling me the truth. I cannot be sure that this has happened. He says, unless he appears to me and convinces me, just as he has convinced you that he has risen from the dead, I will not believe. This is important because Thomas was one of his disciples, was one of his followers who had followed Jesus for three years at this time. If Thomas had come out and said, he did not rise from the dead, it would call into question the whole issue with the resurrection, that we have a dissenting voice here among those that Jesus trusted to carry on with the message that he was the Messiah. We would have a voice here that would stand against the disciples as they are being persecuted by the Jews and later the Roman Empire for claiming to believe in the so-called Savior, the man that they saw crucified and died. If Jesus is dead, then the whole message of the gospel, the whole solution that Jesus comes to provide an answer to sin, the whole penalty that he claims to pay, then it is useless because he's exposed to be a liar, he's exposed to be powerless. So Thomas says, Unless I see it myself, I will not believe. Does not hide his doubt. This is too important. He says, unless I see the nails, I see the hands where his nails went. I see the side where his spear, where the spear went through to kill him just to make sure that he was dead. I will not believe. Supposedly then, Thomas lives with this doubt for at least eight days. And eight days later, we see that this doubt is met with evidence. And that evidence comes in the form of a person, Jesus Christ himself. 
So, verse 26 uh, to 27, in John reads, Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them this time. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it on my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Jesus demonstrating his, de- his deity here, performs two miracles. One, it just appears inside the room. The doors are locked. They're sitting in the room. It just appears among them and greets them. Peace be with you, brothers. That is, do not be scared. I come in peace, as it were. Because surely, uh, if this were to happen here or to happen to you, at home or in the car, if someone just appears, you would think that something uh, extraordinary is, is happening. Perhaps a ghost has appeared. And Jesus here allays their fears and says, Peace be with you. And then he approaches Thomas and demonstrates a, 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 there's a second demonstration of his deity. That he knows about the diet that Thomas has had. And he goes to him and he says, put your finger here and see my hands. And he puts out his hand and he says, touch it. It is really me. He takes his hand and he says, put it on my side. See? See where I was uh, pierced by a Roman soldier? He says, do not disbelieve. Do not lose the faith that you had in me. Believe. Do not disbelieve. Believe. The Thomas that had come to doubt Jesus now met the person Jesus resurrected. Jesus did not say, no, 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 this person is doubting. Let's leave him on the side. Let's not be concerned about people who have doubts. It's not our concern. We are at least 11 who are still trusting in me. Or actually 10, since one of them betrayed Jesus and died. There are still 10 who are trusting in me and they are still followers of mine. The women who saw uh, the, the angel, who saw the grave empty. Jesus. Again, demonstrate what he said in John chapter 10. He sees one of his sheep lost. He goes after it. Because Thomas is important. Thomas is valuable to him. But also Thomas is a a, a symbol of what would happen later on. It's a symbol of, of, of what would happen as others hear about this Messiah who was killed by the Romans. And is now resurrected from the dead. Who would hear about the empty tomb and disbelieve. And Jesus here says, come. Come with your doubt. And let me reassure you 
that I am risen from the dead. Let me reassure you so that you may be, your faith may be as strong as those who have seen me, the other disciples. He says, touch, put your hand here. Put your hand on my hand, your hand on my side, and see that it is truly me. This is not a, this is not trickery or anything like that. This is not a magic act that Jesus is doing to deceive um, uh, Thomas. He is not like a magician who performs a trick and says, and, and brings out a random person from the group and says, oh, you lady over there, come and see that these rings are intact. No. He goes to the one who doubts and says, you, come. Come and see so that you may believe. It will be the equivalent of a magician who comes up uh, after the show and says, okay, you guys have seen this cupboard, you know, or uh, where someone disappeared, or you've seen this table where a woman has turned into two. Now come and look at the table. Examine the table. See for yourself if this is actually true. They won't do that because they don't want you to, uh, to look closely enough to see that you are being deceived. What Jesus is doing here is not trickery. He goes after the one, the one who doubts. And he says, it is I, Jesus, your Savior, resurrected. And you see that Thomas here um, believes after this. In verse 28 he says, Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. This is not a small thing for a Jewish person to say. The one who had been taught all his life, you shall have no other gods besides me. The, the, a Jew who grew up in, in told about the Lord Almighty in the temple, he's not just saying, like we normally do uh, these days, oh my God, it is really you. He is proclaiming that you are the promised one. You are God in flesh. You are the one that the Old Testament promised. You are the Messiah. He is in fact proclaiming what the, the disciples could not earlier that he, that, that, that he is the Christ, he is the promised one. And then would we have then with this doubt that Thomas has, with, the, uh, with this doubt met with the response of the person of Jesus Christ, and what you and I have is the witness of this doubt and reassurance so that our faith may be strengthened. The reason why this is recorded here in, uh, in John chapter 20 and many other things are recorded in John 
is so that you and I may believe in Jesus. Jesus points to this in, uh, in verses 29. It says, if you believe because you have seen me, it's a rhetorical question. Yes, he believes because he has seen and he has touched Jesus' hands. But Jesus continues and says, Blessed are those who have not seen me, yet have believed. Blessed are those who have heard and believed. Blessed are those who have not had the experience that you, the disciples, have had, but believe. Blessed are them. God's favor will be on them. And then we told by John that the reason why, what is the favor then that we have? What is the favor that we have that uh, perhaps different, it will be different from them? Is that you and I have not only the witness of John, but we have the witness of the other writers of the New Testament who saw Jesus, who touched him, who saw him uh, killed, who saw him after he had resurrected. Blessed are us who now have the witness of those that saw. Blessed are us who, who can now make the connections between the Old Testament and the Jesus that these disciples saw. Blessed are you and I who now can uh, be assured that he is risen from the dead because the tomb is empty. And that he appeared before multitudes of people. And many of them wrote about his appearance. Blessed are you and I, whose faith can be strengthened as you read about these accounts. John chapter 20 verse 30 says, Jesus did many other things which have not been written in the book of John. But you and I have written in the word of God these things so that we may believe in Jesus, the Son of God. In believing that we may have life. That through his word we may believe that he was the promised one of God. That is why, brothers and sisters, the, uh, the clause is so important there. That you have one who has, uh, on the third day, rose again from the dead. Because after rising from the dead, he would ascend into heaven. And is now at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf so that when you and I pray we can pray in Jesus' name. When you and I cry out that in the name of Jesus 
our sins may be forgiven. Because we have the witness of the word. Then what about they doubt them? What about doubt? The issue of the resurrection of Christ as testified in the word of God and also by the absence of a, of a body that you can say here is the body, this is Jesus Christ points to his resurrection. The multitudes of people who saw him risen from the dead points to the reality or the fact of his resurrection. J.I. Packer said this um, in, a, uh, in a debate with an unbeliever about the resurrection. He says uh, it takes a lot of faith for someone to be assured in their skepticism about the resurrection. Because in the face of evidence, he says, I can't believe that Jesus did not rise. But you, you who is skeptical, can. And he continues, he says, it's really harder to believe, it's harder to disbelieve the resurrection than to accept it. Because to disbelieve it, you would have to have evidence that it actually did not happen. It would be to discredit the witness of those who lived with Jesus. To discredit the testimony of those who walked with him. To discredit the people who I'm sure went and looked and wondered. Wasn't this Jesus that was buried last year? Isn't his tomb here? Which is to discredit the testimony of early um, New Testament writers who are not Christians, who testified to this fact that Jesus was a man in Galilee, was crucified. And his body is just not there anymore. It's much simpler or it's much more reasonable to believe that he has risen from the dead. This is why you and I can confess then with Christians all over the world that on the third day our Lord rose from the dead. He is now ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. That our faith is not based on some meaningless tale. Our faith is not led by some man who is now dead like all men who have ever lived. But our faith is based on the risen Messiah of God. Let us pray together and ask God to help us to believe that. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would indeed help us to trust in your word. That we may look at the testimony of your believers and trust in it. 
that you may be assured that we do not have some sort of old-fashioned thing that is for uneducated people, unreasonable people. But we have a sure faith in you that is based on the testimony of your witnesses. Help us, Lord, and reassure us of your resurrection and give us hope of our own resurrection as well. I pray and ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.